You have tuned into the Hot Takes Podcast with Lawrence Henderson, aka Boss, and special guest. Be ready to be inspired, encouraged, and ready to take action. Hey everyone, thank you once again for coming back to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we are always humble, open, and transparent. And today, I have another treat for you all. I have Ms. Katharina here, and another coach, another leader, uh, just another energetic life in our world that is showing her light, showing her love, and we're going to do some verbal banter like we always do. So, Katharina, welcome, welcome, welcome. Tell the people who you are. Hi, thanks, Lawrence. My name's Katharina Bethay. Um, I am a career and life coach. I've been doing it now for a year and a half. Um, it's one of my biggest passions. And I work a lot with people that have reached either a point in their career or their life, and they're like, is this all there is? What's next? So they've reached a certain level of, of success, and they're wondering like, why they're not happy. Then that's when they find me. So that's the work that we do. And I do that through individual one-on-one -on -one coaching. But um, one of the things that one of the goals I set out for myself this year was to launch a group coaching program. And I did. And we're getting ready to wrap up the first cohort here. So it's been a fun ride despite COVID and everything this year. That is super, super exciting to have that cohort finishing up. And when you say life coaching, right, we hear that a lot. But what does life coaching mean to you? Well, I came to life coaching um, maybe two, three years ago. I'd hit a point in my life. I had just turned 40. I was laid off from my job um, after being promoted, then getting laid off, and at the same time filed for divorce. So it was one of those things where it's like, this is not the way I thought my life was going to go. And while I'm always open to change, the rule of thumb says if you have more than two life-changing events in, in a year, then you may want to take a break. And so I met a life coach while I was on vacation in Colorado Springs. It was my treat to myself for my 40th birthday. And it just started as a conversation. And it's those questions of what's your purpose? And I was like, mm, don't know. What are the things that you want to achieve? And why do you want to achieve those? So for me, it was that conversation that drew me in. Um, and it really helped set like the, the, the skeleton for what I wanted to do with my life. And that was the, the, the beginning. And as I was going through the coaching, as we were coaching together, I realized, actually, this is something I think I would really like to do. Because back when I was 20 years old, I set up this plan for my life of like, at some point, I want to step away from the corporate world and consult but um, I wasn't quite sure what that looked like. And people have always come to me for advice. I'm also a certified yoga teacher. You have these like close conversations or like intimate conversations with your students before and after class. And I realized that people were coming to me with these big questions and instead of giving them advice, which my advice only comes from my perspective, people have the answers. Like they have the answers. They know what's right for them. It just takes a little bit of, um, digging to find that out. So that for me, that's the process of life coaching is it's helping my clients dig a little bit deeper and really start to listen to their intuition, to their dreams, to really create a life that when they step back and look at it, they can say, yep, I've, I've had a life well lived. Wow. Um, I love that. And, and particularly 
that combined with how people transition to what's next for them, you that empowerment of of you as a coach to say, you know what, I'm not going to determine that for you. Like you, yeah. you're in that space, you have the answers. It's just one of those creating opportunities for them to get out of their own way. And, and understanding individually, that can be a very intimate uh, engagement, an intimate process. You said you're just finishing up a group coaching cohort. How how yes. what what that look like? So, um, it was an interesting process to go through. It was an idea that I had in my mind. Ultimately, as a coach, my goal is to make coaching as accessible to as many people as possible. It's a powerful tool for change, but for the longest time, executives were the only people that had access to them, or leaders such as you know Oprah and and other influencers, because life coaching can be really expensive. Um, but I wanted to make it accessible to people. But I also knew the power of learning when of learning when it comes from a group. So as a yoga teacher who's also trained yoga teachers, the way yoga training is done is it's very similar to coaching in that you have a group of people that are learning from each other through their experiences with this structure of yoga teacher training, of postures, of theories, um, of things not to do and not to do, of how to maintain presence as a teacher. People learn quickly from one another. So that was always in the back of my mind. So I actually took a sabbatical this year because I knew it needed my full attention. I wanted to really develop a program that was inclusive, um, but also fluid and flexible. So I came up with this idea of audacious living, group coaching. And the word audacious is because you want to live in a way that's authentic to you, but you also want to live in a way that's out loud and, and color. And that's essentially what audacious means. So I put together a six-week program that's built around some very specific coaching frameworks to shift your mindset, recognize your emotions, choose your thoughts. But then also one thing I really believe in is so many people have tried different systems, like a six-step system to do this, an organization system, and it falls flat. For some reason, it doesn't work for them. It's because they think they have to stick to that process. So the last phase of the group coaching is learning how to look at those things and then break it apart and make it work for you. And so that's the third element of that is, okay, you can learn from anyone, but how do you take that learning and make it work for you? Um, so it's, a, it's perfect. It's been, uh, we're going on week six. So the last week, seven amazing women from um, across you know, the, the globe, actually, I've got some people in Canada, one in Peru, across the scattered across the US as well. And the learning that's been going on and the sharing has been incredible. They just continue to amaze me. And who knew that when I planned this, that COVID was going to hit. So opportune learning time when you're dealing with people's mind frames, and they're stuck at home. And now what we're seeing with this sort of like, civil awakening and unrest, the processing that's going on, and you just have to be real. And I think that's what I've learned is this ability to be flexible, because in some regards, the curriculum I had set, the last two weeks, it's kind of been tossed out the window to actually use the tools that they've been learning and putting them into practice. So I'm really happy with how it's turned out. And then at some point, I'll do feedback and reflection and what do I want the next cohort to look like? Oh my gosh, you, you was just dropping all kind of bombs. Um, and, and I love that part of and that element of choose your thoughts, right? Mm. Because regardless of 
and, and it's almost a mental, you have to manage the expectation, right? And, and mm. the opportunity to pick and choose your thoughts. But that speaks to accountability and ownership as you're Absolutely. inside of that process. And I love the, the dynamic of, again, COVID presented one set of factors, right? And how we can't escape these realities of I got to be at home. I can't, I'm limited to where I can go. But then you add on the social unrest and the social injustice and the realities, even yourself as, as a, a minority coach in the midst of this, of, of identifying how am I processing, one, my feelings while I'm trying to coach this group of passionate people who have their own sets of thoughts and their own yeah. sets of emotions. And, and I think for a lot of us in this season, it's really been, I, I say, I'm at a point where I'm better. I'm not good. I'm better. Yeah. And, and I think I've come to the point now and what I love that you're doing with this group and, and I'm, and I got some nuggets of, you know, the, the powerful tools for change and, and creating those collaborative learning environments, because there may be some level of resiliency that comes out from that group and yeah. somebody who has dealt with something and something that comes out. Have you found that already where people are, there's just some powerful things that they've just brought to the table. Oh, you just gave me goosebumps because so one of the women in this group was a former career coaching client of mine and was thinking about going into group coaching or going into life coaching, but wasn't sure. So the group coaching is a nice foray for her into the whole other than career coaching. What does that look like? And after, you know, George Floyd's death and she was really frustrated and, um, we talked about it the week that week in our group coaching call of, you know, this is hard for me. And for the out of them, it was the first time they were realizing just how hard it was and for how long. And after, you know, I opened up the floor for just like questions and thoughts and for them to share. And I was like, I don't have the answers, but I think you guys just sharing it will help. And after that session, a couple of days later, she sent me a text message and she said, I'm heading out to a protest, not necessarily just to say that I went, but she said something you told me when we first started working together resonates with me. And that's like, and she said it was not taking an action, choosing not to act is, an, is a decision and an action. And that same day, another former client of mine said the same thing in terms of they're realizing that the things that I'd been telling them that when you choose to do nothing, you're still making a choice and that's still an action. And that that came up in their minds. And I, like when I coach, I kind of go into a zone and sometimes I'll remember what happens. And I take, that's one of the reasons why I take notes, but I was like, Oh yeah, that is something that I say a lot. And it's amazing who's listening and how that's coming up now. So for me, it was also awakening of, or another realization of just like the power of coaching and that people will remember what you say and it comes back up to, at times like this. Yeah, and I really believe that's in these times, whether we wanna believe it or not, we're adults are our large children. And <laughs> like children, we, we observe people and we look at people and, and anytime, I don't take it lightly when I'm in a coaching relationship with someone that they're monitoring how they experience me outside of a session and mm. for those people to be processing and you to come up for them, you've built rapport, you've built trust, you've built confidence that you're a person that's a reliable source of strength 
and encouragement. Mm. And I think as we, that's what people have really been looking for. And when they ask the question or they say things like, I don't know what to do, they're looking for that that guiding voice. They're looking for that person that's going to sit in a space with them and hold them accountable um, of why don't you know? Like, and, and create and reframe for the opportunity of discovery. Like, oh, you do know, you actually know how to have this conversation. You, yeah. When did we ever turn off actually being human? What's the human response? Yep. Right? Well, I think that you have a good point. Like, what's the human response? And for so many people, the way, the way I look at this is COVID had to happen in order for this situation, the civil awakening to happen because we are so busy in our everyday lives. Yep. And it's not that this, you know, the murder of a person of color at the hands of police hasn't happened before. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, you know, our, our nation's history hasn't happened before. It's that we've been so busy. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. Yeah. I just need to get on with my life. That now when COVID came, people were forced to sit with themselves and be quiet and start looking around as to what's really important in my life. And it started to create this space of um, awakening and just reckoning. And then when this happened, they're like, wait, wait, this is not the first time we've heard this. What do you mean that this has been going on? And I know it's been going on. Why haven't I said anything? So on their part, it's a form of shame which, you know, mm-hmm. we know what Brene Brown says about shame exactly. and then the emotions that produces, mm-hmm. but then moving past that to a place of action and the people that have taken the brave steps to go out and protest amidst COVID, I think this time is a lot different and yeah. it mm-hmm. had to happen. COVID had to happen in order for this to happen. Yeah. And, and again, I've gotten away from feeling shame and even saying that comment right? It had to happen, right? Because again, you're, it's almost like you're, you're taking something that's been a reality for, for me as a human being, like that's been, it's been here. And I really believe the, the reason why this is different, like somebody said, like this feels different. You want to know mm-hmm. why? Because you have no other distractions. Yeah. There's nothing else on TV. Your favorite series, you, they don't know if they're going to pick them back up because actors have to be in person with each other to create a series. So yeah. none of the new episodes are coming out. They're not filming anything additional. So this, the George Floyd murder has been on repeat on every single channel, protest on repeat, writing, regardless of how you feel, like on repeat on every single channel, the, the dysfunctional person in the highest position in our land on repeat, the level of dysfunction and, and his bandwagon folks. The, the, it's all burning and it's all on repeat. And I think this season, they haven't been able to look away. They yeah. haven't. It's on social media. Everybody's responding to it. Everybody's taking a position and or not. And like you yeah. said, regardless of what you do or don't, you made a decision. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's the hard reality for a lot of people that they're coming to grips with when we say something like Black Lives Matter. We're not going and defaulting like you from a place of privilege like all life should matter no we're not coming from that place we're just now saying again this is our new civil rights like we want we still matter like we you still haven't been treating us civilly so there's a new slogan black lives matter like maybe this want to trigger you to actually have some change that doesn't have you looking at me as less than or treat me 
like something other than the human being that I am. And until black lives do matter, you can't make a true statement out of all lives matter because it's yeah. not a true statement when you have an entire organization called PETA that will go after somebody like Michael Vick and he spent jail time for dog fighting for animals and and how many police are walking the streets to this day with no charges whatsoever for killing yeah. somebody of color yeah. like that and it baffles me no jail time and all we want is reform like you yeah. got some places on disband this you know defund we got some got to happen something has to happen i think you as a coach i love what you do and again i love the audacious living of choosing what what does a higher level of self look like in this environment and if you're what's an ideal client like i love this question um what is your <laughs> ideal client look like yeah and i just want to like go back to what you're saying in terms of just one thing is like change is messy and it's also what you learn in the coaching process is people come to the coaching process and they think oh i'm just going to go and answer some questions do a little bit of work and voila I'm out a changed person, but the process of change is messy, be it societal change or personal change. And that's also a phrase I've heard a lot of is change is messy. Um, so when I look for my ideal client, it's someone who's willing to get uncomfortable and who knows that there's something just not quite right. Um, and they're willing to get their hands dirty. Now, you know, as a, as a business owner and, um, an entrepreneur, you look at from a marketing perspective, you know, well, what are the demographics? And for me, the people that I, I really work best for, as I say, it's Gen X and millennials. And it's the Gen Xers because they're still in the workforce. They're frustrated. Um, they feel like they're not taken seriously. They feel like they're being leapfrogged by the millennials. Um, there's still a lot of baby boomers in the workforce, but Gen Xers feel sandwiched. They'd be like, I need to take care of my aging parents, but I also have like my kids to take care of. And I'm trying to still make, a, I still have a, a good amount of time left in my career. So that's where the frustration comes from. Millennials, because I mean, they're the most educated generation we have in this country right now. And, but they've also seen, you know, some trying times, but they're, they've hit a point where they're like, is this all there is? Like, I've done what I've, I've been doing what I was told to do, but I'm still not happy. And so with that, I step back and I look at my ideal client. It's typically someone who's had a certain level of success, be that financial success, career success, um, with their, you know, life, success in their own personal relationships. And they're looking to change that definition of success. And they know that they need to change it because what they've been chasing up until now hasn't made them happy. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And what, I've re what I'm really finding out with this group, right, being a, a leadership development guy and having to have been asked, how do we bridge between generations in the workforce? And uh, yeah. I was like, uh, try talking to each other. Uh, I was yeah. like, that's a start. But I said, <laughs> if you're not going to start there, uh, let's start with removing labels um, and, and just deal with the people in those brackets, because I believe millennials have gotten a bad rap. And, Absolutely. And, and again, they've, they've also gotten a bad rap, but they've also been empowered 
to believe that education. So I go get all these degrees and then you tell me, you bring me into an organization and then you tell me to shut up in color and sit in the corner. Well, no, I'm not going to do that because up until this point, I've actually launched many, many projects that have yep. gotten, gained me all kinds of experience. I've actually, like you said, partial levels of success and some extreme success in yep. app development and all other kind of stuff. But they like, hey, there's still something to this, you know, being a part of a corporate community and growing out this thing. Um, but then the Xer in the middle with us is like, we have that age group where you just put your head down, work hard. And so you have that, but then on the other side of it, you're sandwiched between these, this super entrepreneur generation that's coming behind us. And we're actually like, we haven't had mentors. We just maybe got access to a coach. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We want, we want, our, we want our cake and want to eat it, yep. you know, at least one day a week. And, <laughs> and we start to go after these journeys of entrepreneurship, but understanding there are some levels of resiliency on all sides that we've had to learn as Xers ourselves. And I think the way that I've bridged that gap between all generations is let's just sit and you come to the table with where you are, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of, regardless of your, your level of understanding of life, let's start there. Because the last thing we want to do is, and I love this uh, a personality style and a personal strategies training that I do, where we, we're very particular and we showing people it takes introverts and extroverts to be in the room for us to have a well-rounded conversation. It takes intuitives, perceivers, judgers, you know, feelers. It takes everybody, thinkers. It takes everybody to be present or at least a good coalition for us to have meaningful discussion and collaboration. And I think across the board, if that is to be true, those things don't have ages on them. No, they don't. And it's really about, yeah, yeah, it's really about experience. You know, I have a client who is, you know, she's in the boomer generation. She's a baby boomer, um, very successful in her past career and is still looking to, she still wants to work because she still has creativity. She still has ideas and she's also willing to learn. So it is that ability to take away the labels and look at the person and the skills that they bring to the table one of the things that I've loved about the group coaching is it is this from, from a demographic perspective, a mix of Gen Xers and millennials and they're talking to one another. And I actually paired them up with what's called accountability partners and was very intentional about, you know, what are their goals? What are the things that they're looking to do as I did their intake calls, trying to understand what they wanted and match them up with someone with either complementary energy and goals or someone they could learn from. And it didn't matter their age, but what's happening is it's this, this constant like back and forth of, of, of parallel mentorship in a way. So someone will share their experience with this and then someone else will be like, oh great, I could really learn from that. And then someone else will say, I've had this experience and they're asking each other questions. And it's partially because no one really knows what, you know, at the beginning, what they did professionally, you know, what level of accomplishment they've had. And so it did strip away those labels and just bring their experience to the table. And from there, just de- develop this mutual respect and collaboration between these women. I absolutely love that. Did you create, you created coaching buddies. Those accountability partners yeah because partners i love I mean, it. we know a big part of the coaching process is accountability but it's always funny when clients are like 
when I asked them, how do you want to hold yourself accountable? They're like, well, why don't you text me? Or why don't you? I'm like, no, <laughs> this is, you know, cause at some point I'm not going to be in your life in this, exactly. in this capacity, this is about you developing that skill of how you best hold yourself accountable. And one of the uh, principles I use is actually from Gretchen Rubin, her four tendencies. Mm -hmm. And there's like a free quiz you can take online and it identifies people based on, they put them, it puts them in four groups based on how they deal with inner expectations and outer expectations. Mm. So how you deal with that is going to tell you a lot about the best way to hold yourself accountable. And people like all of my clients do this. I have them take the quiz just for a level of knowledge. And just yesterday I was on a call with a client and she's like, you know, I have this thing where I realize that if someone gives me a deadline and they tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. But if it's something I personally want to get done, I'm having a really hard time. And she's like, wait a minute, didn't we do that for tendency? And I was like, yeah, you're an obliger. It's exactly what that is. So now that you have that knowledge and you've actually internalized it, how do you want to hold yourself accountable? Wow. And that's where the learning just like multiplies and they can actually take it into action um, and figure out the best way to accomplish their goals in a process that works for them. Man, I love it. I love it. Well, Catherine, they, <laughs> people need to find you. People need to find you. So how can people get in contact with you, reach out to you to, to get more of what you got? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram as khb.coaching. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, just my name, Katharina Buffet, and also KHB Coaching is on LinkedIn. And then, of course, my website, which is KatharinaBuffet.com. And all the information is there. You can reach out to me, email. Um, the email is simply hello at KatharinaBuffet.com. Nice, nice, nice. Mm. Well, I thank you so much for coming to hang out with me for, for a couple yes. minutes today. Um, and it, reach out. To Katharina, reach out to her because she is a dynamo and get her while she's seemingly affordable. Uh, <laughs> because I she's gonna be on somebody's talk show really, really soon. Um, I want my own talk show. There you go. <laughs> she just said that somebody is her. She's gonna be on her own talk show. So y'all really better get a hold of her before you see you can't even book her. You gotta be a guest on the show. How about that? There we go. Thank you so much. And thank you. Until next time, you can be a guest anytime you want to. So if you've got some topics or some stuff you want to throw out there, just let me know and we could do this. Yes. Again. Thank you for the opportunity. I was really flattered and humbled when you reached out. So I appreciate it. That's easy enough. I'd be dumb if I didn't. <laughs> Un until next time, folks. Yes. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And remember, actions over ideas always win. Be on the lookout for more episodes coming soon.